the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr.comer on WEEI.com. The Off Day Podcast previewing the Patriots and Saints game. Although it seems like everybody around here wants to talk about Tom Brady and the Bucks, which isn't for another week, but Patriots are playing the Saints this week. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought it was Bucks week already. Bucks two weeks, whatever you want to call it. We had a buy build up to the biggest game in you know, half century. I blame Tom Curran and Karen Garigian and those people for... I don't blame them. I think that they, I mean, they got ahead of the game. They, they knew like that was going to be a big talking point. Like they, they got the story first. I give them credit. I agree, but yeah, you're right. I blame Brady and his family and his, and his circle. Yes, because like we, we talked about off there, Brady could have sent the mass text to his, his inner circle saying, guys, like, let's tone it down this week. Like, I know you guys are going to get contacted from the Boston media. Like let my play do the talking on the field. And there wasn't any of that. So you, you can blame Tom Brady. Or even, even if he wants to let him talk, tell him to wait till after the weekend, like you Monday or whatever, you guys want to do interviews, hype up the week. I'm fine with that. But yeah, if it, it's the ultimate, you know, slap in the face of the Brady Belichick way of, you know, like one week at a time, the next game's the most important game. Yeah, you got Tom Brady senior and Alex Guerrero and everybody thinking about the Bucks game when there's kind of a, a more interesting or um, important game, I'd say for the Patriots. Uh, sneaky important. Cause if yeah. you, lose, if you lose this game, you're one and two. And then by all accounts, you're probably losing to Tampa Bay next week and you're one and three. And then that's not, not now you're just chasing. Be. You're chasing right. for the first half of the season. And I know then you'd have like the Texans and you could catch up, but it's a hole you're trying to dig out of. Whereas if you go two and one mm-hmm. and then, two and two, and then three and two, you're right. kind of staying a little you're bit. Where, ahead. You're where everybody thought you would be. I think everybody had them going into this game at uh, like being two and two would be okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, some people thought you'd be three and oh, after the first three, like yeah. 50 and others. But um, yeah, I think if you lose this and it's losable and, you know, I liked how Devin McCourty said yesterday, cause we'll get into the saints, but they've been whatever you want to use a cliche Jekyll and Hyde or, you know, had a dominant game over the a shocker against the Packers and then kind of crapped their pants in a division game against the Panthers. But um, Devin McCourty said, oh, we'll get the week one team. We're like, mm-hmm. we're prote- we're predicting that we're going to get the good Saints. So you're going to have a battle here. And it's a challenge. It'll be interesting to see because if they're – forget week one, which – just was like a perfect storm. I think Aaron Rodgers and and everything that went into that. Mm-hmm. But if they get good Jameis Winston and Jameis Winston that, you know, Bill tells us he threw for 5,000 yards with the bucks. Like this could be a game where you need to take the training wheels off a little bit, maybe chase, maybe score some points. Can't play mm-hmm. it necessarily just on your terms. Now, if it's a bad game for Jameis and he plays like Zach Wilson, then you might be able to keep the training wheels on and play it on your terms again. I think that's that's what the game comes down to is how Jameis Winston plays. Like I that's I think that's it. Like if he plays bad, I think the Patriots win. I think if he plays good, the Patriots have a chance to lose. Cause I think I think we've seen enough from Mac Jones to realize that he's probably not gonna lose the game for you. Like whether that's him or the offense holding him back. Like I don't think he's gonna be the sole reason why the Patriots lose a game. So it just comes down to Jameis Winston. If he throws for five touchdown passes like we won, they have no chance. But if he throws three picks, I think the Patriots have a great chance of winning this game. And I think the more I look at it, the more and more I think that's what's going to happen is you're going to get 
the normal Jameis Winston and he's going to give the game to the Patriots, what do you think plays into their plan all along is I'll make the other team make the mistake in order for you to win. Yeah, the the thing we've talked about, I think we talked about it earlier in the week, that Belichickian let the other guy screw up, let the other team lose the game rather than really try to win the game or go over the top aggressive to, to win the game. This is definitely an example of where that could come true. And if Jameis plays well, we get back to, and I think I, I'm stealing this question from Gresh when I did a hit on the pregame show a couple of weeks ago, um, sort of the general idea of Mac Jones. I think we all believe you can win with him. They've shown that they're one and one. They could have been two and oh, you win with him. Can you win because of him, because of the plays he makes, because of what he does? Um, I know Andrew Callahan um, from the Herald was asking a lot of players working on some sort of story about basically, you know, game on the line, two minute drill, got to have it type. Does everybody have confidence in Matt? Everybody's going to say yes, but having confidence that he can do it and expecting him to do it or being like, fairly sure he'll do it those are two different things like he you can have confidence the only guy that I liked his honesty talking about confidence yesterday was um David Andrews who said I have confidence in most of the guys they put out there on the offensive line with me (laughs) I really wanted the follow-up of who do you not but I didn't I didn't ask who he didn't have confidence in um but it's one thing to have confidence and then Brady I mean we always use Brady as the example because like you didn't just have confidence in Brady you're like oh yeah 230 left. We need a touchdown. We'll get it. Like, well, it's not even confidence. It. It's, we haven't even seen it. We haven't seen like a, like how many real touchdown drives have we seen from Mac? You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, I mean, the only touchdowns like were pretty much gift. I think they have one. They had one in Miami. The others were like gift field positions where you're just taking advantage of the, the opposition, giving you a good field position. Right. And that's fine. That's baby steps. No, there's nothing, I'm not saying it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you haven't seen him, you know, do a two minute drill yet. That's led to a field goal. You haven't seen that yet. Right. And even he mentioned, it's funny you say that like a two minute drill. Cause we did see him do that in the preseason when they, they fabricated it early mm-hmm. in the, the third quarter, but he made some comments. He alluded to this week. Like this is the first time I'm out there with the ones. This is the first time I'm in these situations with all these guys. And like, we're learning together and, and it's an experience. And, you do have to keep that in perspective because everybody is just so overanalyzing or, or micro analyzing everything he does. And you're like, well, he's, he's thrown 60, I think it's 69 passes. Like that's his career with the ones, basically that's what he's done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every opportunity to screw up or see something or not screw up and like not take the bait that the defense gives him, it is a chance for him to learn and grow and be better the following week. So yeah, I, I think this is an interesting matchup and it's also interesting in, in the little bit of the way that Jameis Winston was one of the names that we threw around for a while. Like, could he be an option? For Two off seasons, right? Yeah. So um, you kind of see him firsthand. I mean, if you believe Bill, if you, if we take a step back and go with Bill and sort of, um, take from his Wednesday messages and, and press conferences. This isn't as much about Jameis as it is Sean Payton, just absolutely gushed about Payton and the saints and the coaches and the, the playbook. And you couldn't possibly prepare for all of it. And I, I think there is some truth to that. And that may be why bill is a little um, cantankerous this week or a little uh, annoyed on Wednesday. He certainly wasn't in a good mood. He wasn't playing along. He didn't want to talk, uh, gave a lot of. When does he ever want to talk? Uh, last Friday, 
last freaking Friday when it went 30 minutes long on long snappers and, and, you know, everything, every answer he expounded upon and, you know, long answer to short questions, as he likes to say, Wednesday, he was not in the mood. And Paul and Paul Perillo and I used to call it the throw up face that he gives you. And he gave a lot of people yesterday for some questions that didn't deserve the throw up face. Like for example, Jameis Winston running. Have you seen him run? Well, yeah, he's not Mike Vick. He's not like, I mean, he moves around, but he's not the scary you know, Lamar Jackson. He's not the scary. When you think in New Orleans, you don't say, oh, we got to stop Jameis Winston's legs. No, if that's a concern, then you're in trouble a lot more often than that because there's a lot better runners in the National Football League that you're going to face than Jameis Winston. Um, but I also, I joke to you because I last Friday when he was over the top, in a good mood, hay is in the barn, whatever. I took it to mean he felt really good about where mm. they were at heading into the Jets. And if you go the other way, then maybe he does have concern. And we all know he he likes to make sure he prepares his team for everything. And if he genuinely believes he can't prepare his team for everything, that's probably an uncomfortable feeling. And remember, they beat up now, totally different team. You know, anything historically we look at, Saints Patriots is irrelevant because it's Breeze and it's Brady and it's even like I was their their road record. Uh, the Saints recently is insane. Right. It's but, uh, since 2018, 20 and five on the road and have outscored opponents seven. I mean, 698 to 471. Right. But is that like, oh, no, that's I mean, not the Saints now because that's Drew Breeze is gone. Michael Thomas right. is playing like. Right. Um, but if you remember, like, I'll counter my own point. The 2009 trip to the Saints was the famous, I can't, just can't get this team to do what I want it to do. They got their asses kicked. Um, and I didn't know this. Sean Payton is the second longest tenured coach in the National Football League behind Bill with the same team. Like Andy Reid's been around. There's other guys that have been around. Um, Pete Carroll? I, hey. You got the list in front of you? I'm just, no, I'm just going by their release. I read it in their release. Uh, Beautiful. I want to thank Aaron Salkin from Patriots PR for printing out releases. Hard copy releases are the the best thing in the world. Only Bill Belichick, 2000, has been with his team longer than Peyton's 15 seasons. I I didn't think it was 15, but I guess that kind of adds up. It's a sneaky sneaky long 15, but it makes sense. Now, maybe their PR guy sucks and it's wrong. (laughs) No, I trust it. I trust it. Um, Okay, before we get into... uh, the game like detailed maybe back yep. and forth your prediction your negative thoughts whatever um negative <laughs> what, thoughts. Uh, what do you think the um like stories of this week forget brady right i don't want to get too much into brady we touched on brady yep we, we will talk brady non-stop next week it's you're gonna, gonna be, you're gonna be sick of it by the time sunday night rolls around i right. i i'm trending that way but there's I, nothing new to say but whatever we'll say that for next week I thought one of your blogs this week was interesting coming off the Jets game. Um, Sounds like you, or maybe you just wrote this and don't truly feel it or believe it, but um, JC Jackson, number one corner. Are you buying JC Jackson? Based on what I heard from the team yesterday, it kind of changed my mind. Like maybe he actually could be a number one cornerback. Maybe he, he wasn't very smart the last couple of years and he was just using his athleticism and ball skills to get all these interceptions. And if you believe what everybody said on Wednesday was that he actually understands the game more. He knows like the situations, he knows what defense he's in. Maybe that could actually make him a number one corner. And I do think 
that's a that's a key evolution for most of these guys. Like they enter the league with physical skills, aggressive mm-hmm. style, heart, and then at some point they actually learn to play corner. Like they learn to not just get by on their physical. And he's a guy, even Bill, I think Bill was the one who referenced this. So he had the, the two picks in New York, and then they beat him later on a double move. And Bill sort of talked about he's learning more when those are going to come, how to deal with that, when to take chances, when not to take chances. McCordy mm-hmm. talked about, you know, is it first down? Is it third down? What do they need? What are they trying to do to you? Um, I don't know that I'm like, so are you saying, would you pay the man? Not yet. I need to see it for more than two games, but I am, I'm trending more in that direction than I was say going into the season. So you think he's a, isn't just a Stefan Gilmore fill in. He could become a Stefan Gilmore replacement. Yes. If it continues on this pace. Yes. I, I do think I'm changing my mind. $100 million. Not that much. <laughs> but he, if, if he continues this pace and things team teammates are still talking about how smart he is and how he's actually making progress, then yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to find a, a, a guy with ball skills like him. So you got to keep him around. Yeah. I, my quote of the week that I enjoyed was uh, Adrian Phillips saying that, uh, the old saying, uh, every squirrel finds a nut. Well, the nuts find J.C. Jackson, basically, saying he's a ball hawk. Um, put it in. He was, by the way, Adrian Phillips kind of joked about it. He looked legitimately upset that he didn't get the interception oh, the yeah. first one of the game. Um, and he talked about it like it, it, J.C. They all joke about it. If the ball's in the air, J.C.'s going to get it. He's a magnet, blah, blah, blah. Well, I wanted um, to ask this. Do you think there's some luck involved there? There has to be. Um, yeah. Is it what, what do they say? Luck is preparation meeting opportunity or something like that. But yes, I do think there's luck. <laughs> yeah. Like obviously he's in the right area, but like to have what 11 interceptions or nine interceptions last year, like. Yeah. Nine like, last year, the two this year, 19 over three plus seasons. Like, you got to say, you know, three or four are luck. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, right. you, you create luck, you make luck, you, you make opportunities. Um, so I just, I like JC Jackson. I think he's a good player. And I also, I think I said this to you, I might've said to somebody else, there's corners in this league who make a lot of money, who are like touted as truly elite that aren't shut down cover corners that are playmakers. And if you continue, even if you give up plays, if you're going to churn out six, seven, eight interceptions every year over a four or five year span, that's really good. Like you're valuable. Yes. I think people get hooked on. I mean, I Gilmore has been a pretty good shutdown corner people get hooked on, the, on the PFF facts that say he allowed, you know, two right. interceptions on 20 targets right now. I don't, I don't go the other way where, you know, there was a time there was Malcolm Butler was the Patriots number one corner and he would face, I think one of the season openers, he faced Antonio AP. Brown yep. and gave up like eight for 120 and a touchdown. And people were like, oh, he was competitive, though. And I'm like, competitive? Like, that's supposed to be your Pro Bowl number one corner. Like, right. that's not that's not good enough. But I do think four for 45, four for 50, like, it's not just the if old. You're like, face, if you're facing the opponent's number one receiver who's a Pro Bowl type and you want them to four for 44, that's good. Right. And I think Gilmore has been that or better mm-hmm. in recent years. I don't know if JC is that, but I also think he has a – uh, more of a knack yeah, for the Gilmore in 2019 was one of the, the best in the game. So if you get the, you know, six bests, that's still pretty good. And not only the best in the game, he was the first in 
25 years cornerback to win defensive player of the year. Like he was historically good, you know, kind of compared to the competition. But I, I just think that's interesting because I do think more people and you're right, the the teammates, which is always sort of a dangerous thing to just. What? Yep. It's not on that building? No, sorry. Huh? Yeah, sorry. Where do you go? In the, in the hotel? Yep. Who the hell are you talking to? Somebody in the parking lot. You giving directions? Wrong ones. Jesus. <laughs> That's a new one. We've never had a podcast. We've done like a hundred and something of these. Never had a podcast interrupted so you could give directions at a hotel. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, like, sometimes it's dangerous to take the praise of teammates and like the explanation and obviously this is a week where everybody's going to praise jc he had two picks they only gave up six points blah 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 we'll see how it plays out as you said uh do you want to get into the game yes i would like to get into the game um if we're going to talk about what we listened to when the hell was that what heard a bang somebody hit your car no oh um if we're going to get into what sort of people talking points this week certainly bill belichick beat into the team how good Alvin Kamara is because they were all like, he can do everything, stays on the field, all three downs. He's electric. His vision is unbelievable. Um, the, the dirty little secret is he isn't off to a great start. Nope. He, he's their leading rusher and receiver, but I think as a receiver, he's got seven catches for 33 yards. Um, he's averaging below four yards a, a carry. Not much competition. Right. Uh, yeah. Without Michael Thomas, they're kind of, they got some issues. Um, but I also do think that's where your, your game plan starts is, is making sure. Cause I do, they can fluff him up a little, but he does. Anytime you watch a saints game, he's liable to line up in the slot, catch a pass and go 60 or. You know. how, how do you think they'll cover him? Like they don't have a, a like a linebacker that can keep up with him. So I think, is it I think you'll see Jonathan Jones or even Devin McCourty. I think you will see them treat him um, kind of the way they've talked about him as more than just a running and as the most dangerous guy on their team or one of the most dangerous guys on their team. I think they, I think you will see the respect they have for him with the types of players that deal with him when he's lined up. Yes. And then their run defense, which I think we need to bring up both you and I agree hasn't been very good. Uh, that cannot continue this week because you can get away with it against the Jets, but I don't think you can get away with it against Kamara and the Saints because if Kamara gets through the line, it's not like an eight-yard gain. It's probably a 30-yard Right. Chunk plays, that'll kill you. And if they start getting chunk plays, that gets into the whole you're not playing the game on your terms, then it affects your offense and everything else. Um, I thought it was interesting this week listening to the players. I thought – they were a little bit more upbeat than I am on the run defense, the Dante Hightowers, the Lawrence guys. I did also think it was interesting that Dante Hightower, I liked, I I thought Lawrence guy was pretty honest because he said, he said the first week, the numbers looked good, but we didn't get the stops we needed. The Mm -hmm. second week, the numbers didn't look good, but we got a couple stops we needed at points. I didn't verify that completely. But I think he was being somewhat What, what stop did you actually need against the Jets? That's a, a fair point. See, the Jets went eight yards on their first run of the game, and then their quarterback threw you the ball. Right, right. <laughs> game over. Um, but Hightower brought up scheme and play calls. And I found that interesting. And I am a big um, sort of philosophically, 
I don't really think run defense is scheme. I think it's more stoutness. You have your bodies up front that can get penetration. Yeah, like run fits to use the cliche every like being in the right position and being able to stay in your position, not getting blocked out of your spot. Um, now I know a lot of the players were talking about, Oh, they run so many fronts, even Adrian Phillips, I think acknowledge like there's a lot more fronts here than anywhere else. Like everywhere else you, you need to know a couple fronts and then you build off of that here. There's more fronts. They're multiple. They're three, four, four, three, two, get all these things. Um, I think right now that is still a concern and you're right. If the saints beat you, it's going to have to involve Kamara being good. But I would also say, sounds like Bill's going to make sure Alvin Kamara doesn't beat you. Well, that's why I come back to what I said off the top. It's Winston. That's key to the game. Right. Belichick's not going to allow Alvin Kamara to run for 120 yards and catch five passes for 60. Like he's, that's just, we say it all the time. Like that's what Belichick does. Takes away the opponent's best player. That's Kamara this week. But there's also the flip side of that is, how they use him, like the Sean Payton factor, the motions yeah. and, you know, eye candy was a big topic. Our reporters wanted to throw around this week in various terms. Um, but it's true. Like Sean Payton, isn't just going to say, here's Alvin Kamara. I'm going to give him the ball. You tackle him. Like right. there's going to be plenty of creativity in trying to utilize their key weapon, their best weapon. Um, so let me ask you a question. This is an so Jameis Winston has thrown for 5,000 yards in the National Football League. Although, according to some in our media workroom, what's the number? He's also accounted for 130 com- interceptions and fumbles yep. 140 times in 70 yeah, starts. Yeah, I believe it's 90 interceptions and 50 fumbles in 72 yep. starts. So basically, and I believe those are all fumbles, not those just Those are all fumbles, not okay. fumbles lost. But so – Every game he plays, he gives you at least one pick and gives you at least one chance to jump on a ball for a turnover. Yep. Get a loose ball. Um, And the Patriots pass rush, at least late against the Jets. I mean, they have something there that could be. I was also going to note, too, he's been sacked a ton, too. I know that's not all him, but he's been sacked a lot, too. That's weird with how well he runs. I mean, have you seen him run? I, I Someone told me that yesterday. And then I, I discovered a clip on Twitter of him at uh, OTAs. That was tremendous. You showing him not being able to get through the gauntlet, a new age rubber spring loaded gauntlet. And he got beat up. Like you, you can't, but like he was a little kid the first time he ever touched a football. Right. That was like a piece of too was, I don't know if you noticed how he like geared up before he went through, like he did like, like, yeah. And it shouldn't happen. Like Like you could probably run through that and be fine. Yes. Yeah. But we do need to remember, he is just a weird guy. Like, there's a weirdness to him. Like, the whole eating the W's thing and the latex the surgery. Like, yeah. And the drills you see and like his physique, like, he goes through fat stages. Yep. And there was the quote after the win. Remember when he said, like, my trainer always tells us to be ready? Wait, what did he say? Oh, yeah. He said, be ready or something. <laughs> like, he's just, he doesn't seem like. He's not Belichick's guy. Like, I think we've seen enough. Like, that, that, this is why the Patriots didn't go after him. Bill could not go through a whole season with this guy. He is not. He, this is, this is unfair because I don't know him well enough. But from afar, he just doesn't look like that. You know how people say your quarterback is like the CEO face of your franchise? I'm not sure I want him as my CEO face of my franchise. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, what, what do you what do you see from the other side of the ball this week, Mac and the offense? Like, 
everybody's fixated on a throwing the ball down the field. Like, does that open up this week or is it more of the same? Well, they have some injuries in their secondary. Yeah, now, I don't know if they are major injuries. They're all limited um, in practice. But if they have some guys out because they're not very deep in their secondary as it is. So if they have injuries that push backups, there could be opportunities down the field. The flip side is um, I still, I still have questions about John U. Smith's health, the hip that popped up last week off, and off this week though. Yeah, I know, but Hunter Henry's been off it too. And I think his shoulders still bother him. So yeah, I, I don't, as much as we use the injury report as a resource and a reference material, I don't put all my faith in it. Um, and the way they used John U. Smith last week seemed like they were kind of managing him a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and if he had an injury on a Thursday that popped up in practice and then he played even 50% of the snaps or whatever it was, I find it hard to believe it just went away. Like, it, yep. so, and you know me, I think he's a key part of the, the passing game and what they want to be. Um, so, it's funny because both these teams' defenses have been decent to start the year. They've been decent run defenses, uh, numerically. They've been well, yeah. Cap uh, asterisk. Patriots have played the two worst offenses in football. Right, and for one week, the Packers were the worst offense in football. Even though it's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae right. Adams, they had, they were, yeah, yeah. They didn't play to the names on the back of their jerseys. They played to like they were the Jaguars or something. Yep. Um, but these teams have been okay and competitive defensively. And like what I I think Mac is going to slowly evolve. I know all these people want like a switch, like, Ooh, he threw for four seventy and, and four touchdowns longer than 40 yards. Like, no, I don't think that's coming. I think that's it's not the Patriots offense. We talked about this before. No one said Mac Jones is going to throw the ball 30 yards downfield five times a game. Everybody said they're going to run the ball and play good defense, set up third and short. That's what we've seen. Like they've, They've kept things manageable for Mac. That's who he is. He's an accurate passer. He's not going to turn the ball over. Don't ask him to be Jameis Winston. Why are you yelling at me? Because it's something that's – it's not you, obviously, but it's like <laughs> we've been talking about him throwing the ball downfield for two weeks now, and, like, who said that was going to be a thing before the season? Well, he kind of feeds into it, though. He did say yesterday, there's times I watch film, I wish I went down the field more. Because he's so hard on himself, and, like, that's – I think his thing is to take a question and, like, make it on him you know what i mean like that's oh, yeah. his play. everything that's, yeah yep. like the everything. question after the game what did you do well it was a negative right yeah yeah he's never going to like positively reinforce his own game and yeah mm-hmm. it's always going to be what i can do to get better i mean the the mfers were like keeping count of get better do better or whatever the phrase is he kept saying so many times um and i did like how he said you can't chase plays that aren't there And that's who I think he is like he's boring on and off the field and that's okay. And that might be good. You know, who's not boring on and off the field. Uh, Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston. You know, who's also not a championship caliber quarterback. Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, boring on and off the field. This may be a column I have coming at some point. Um, I think the comparisons to Brady might be off base. I think you might be seeing a young Peyton Manning more than you're seeing a young Tom Brady in, uh, in Mac Jones. And, Either way, by the way, the comparison is unfair, but good for Patriots fans. But he's so goofy and dorky and and like, right? Manning was always that, like weird in a way, uncomfortable at times, but really good. And you know, they're both just 
all in dedicated. That's all they care about is quarterback mm-hmm. and football and all that. Um, so do I think Mac Jones will be better this week? Yes. But I would also say I lived the 2001 Tom Brady season. And I remember he started no interceptions, no interceptions, no interceptions. And then boom, four Denver. And like, that's going to come at some point for Mac Jones, you know, and it may start with a tipped ball. That's the first one. And then the second one is on him. And then all of a sudden the third, well, now we're chasing because we had two turnovers. Well, I was also going to say they haven't been in positions where they've needed to like go all out in the passing game. Like even when right. they trailed Miami, it was only by one score. So they're always in the game. There wasn't a point where they're, you know, down 10 in the third quarter where they need to actually be in obvious passing downs. Right. And, oh yeah, if they can continue to control games, run the ball, play the game, you know, win the turnover battle. Um, I know Sean Payton, emphasize that to his team and his media core that Patriots at home win the turnover battle. It was, yeah, it's their, their 97 and 10 in the history of Gillette stadium, something like that. Right. Um, And that's, I mean, that's football one-on-one. That's kind of obvious. Yeah. And and I do think that's one that holds up whether Mac Jones is your quarterback or Tom Tom Brady Brady. or Jameis Winston or Drew Brees, you win the turnover battle. You've already got a nice start towards winning the game. Um, Injury-wise, I did want to touch on the injury report because I do think it has some interesting names for the Patriots. Sure. Um, we'll start. I'll look at it the way it's printed. The top of it, Matthew Judon. What do you make of that? Uh, not good. He went to the tent in the last two minutes of the game on Sunday. Right. It was too late in the game to see if he would return or get an injury designation. Um, so I would say the injury occurred in the game. And Nothing gets not, by you. Him, him not – yeah, nothing gets by me. Um <laughs> He's a valuable part of their defense. I think I was overly critical of him after the game on yep. Sunday. I said he only had two tackles or whatever. Well, going back and watching the tape and looking at the PFF stats, the you know the gurus, he had eight pressures. Like he was in the backfield a good amount, so he didn't impact the game and the box score. But he was you know one of the better defensive players. So he, he's a valuable part of the defense, and they would miss him if he couldn't play this week. And trickle-down effect, well, I mean, while I've asked for more Josh Uche, and I, I'm hoping we're trending in that direction because Uche played lo- a lot late in that game and got pressures and sacks, and I'm hoping he's kind of building some um, respect from the coaches or whatever to maybe play a little bit more early, more on early downs, whatever. I don't – you're not deep enough to go without Matthew Judon for an extended period of time, in my opinion. He's the key. And if you get, you get Van Noy back, it lessens the blow a little bit. But oh yeah, if you have if both those guys are out, no, no, no. I'm I'm saying without it looks like Van Noy is coming back. Right. So if you lose Van, if you lose Judon, you get Van Noy back. It's not as bad. It's not like you're going from Judon to Tarshawn Bauer. Right. Who plays too much as it is? Never mind. Right. More. Um. And then the Trent Brown situation. He continues to be limited. Um. I still think this is just total gut. He doesn't play this week. They play him next week against the Bucks. Um, cause I don't think you want to go against that defensive front without him. I think he plays this week. I think if he wasn't going to play it, they would have moved on Wenu out to right tackle last week. Well, what if they do that this week? Then why, then, then you raise the question. Why don't you do it last week? Right. Uh, you broke up a little but Yeah. It, it raises the question. Why didn't you do it last week? Yeah. I don't know. They don't want to, they, cause, um, what did Bill say? We're all right there. What's yeah. We're all right. We have three. Three guys. We're all right. Yeah, I don't think they're all right. I don't think it's been great. Now, I also don't think it's been the only problem. Oh, um, no. That, that's kind of been the thing that's been overlooked is 
everybody's pointing to, oh, there's no Trent Brown. Well, the rest of the group's kind of been bad, too. Isaiah Wynn has seven pressures allowed this year. He allowed 16 all of last year. And they, um, we've talked about it. The the whole offense is supposed to be built on those five guys Mm -hmm. up front. Like, that's supposed to be your strength. You've invested their draft picks and money and everything. You're supposed to protect Mac Jones. You're supposed to lead the way for Damian Harris. You're supposed to make the uh, be the straw that stirs the drink in the old school Reggie Jackson style. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, because what I, I, maybe I'm uh, thinking at this, you know, too cautiously or whatever. But if you put Trent Brown out there mm-hmm. and he re-injures it, well, now you, now you're going against the Bucks with either on Wenu moving out. I, I guess that would yeah. probably be what I would do. Um, I don't, I'm not sure I want to throw Haran or. Uh, I just look at it that he returned to practice late last week. So that was a positive sign. Like if he didn't, if he didn't practice at all last week, then maybe I'd say no, but he was at practice on Wednesday. Like that seems to be a, a good thing. I think that's how they manipulate the practice report. All right. If they put him out there. He gets a single rep or like lines up at right okay. tackle for or whatever. And that balances out because they also had Van Oy as questionable. And then those two balance each other out. Yep. So you stick with a 50-50 long-term numbers game. And I think sometimes guys returning just on a Friday is a precursor to they still miss the next week and then they're good the following week. But we'll see. Right. I mean, for their purposes, I hope he gets back out there because I, I think they need him. All right, let's get into the prediction. How do you see this? How do you see it playing out? You know, you said it. Jameis Winston. Yep. If you could give me his box score, <laughs> I feel like I could give you the, the score of the game. Probably. Um, I am, and and Bill's uh, tone, I don't know if he was being overdramatic or he truly is that much in awe of the Sean Payton playbook and, and the coaching staff and the blah, blah, blah. Because I don't think the Saints are an overly talented team. Well, you said it without Michael Thomas, they have no weapons on offense. They're banged up on front up front on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I, and it's at home. And I do think Mac Jones is getting more comfortable by the week. Yep. And the other thing that's sneaky question mark, it, it seems minor, the finger injury for Damian Harris. Um, you benched Ramondre Stevenson. You need Damian Harris. And when you run the ball, you kind of need your fingers. (laughs) Yes. It's kind of important for a guy who fumbled a week ago. Yep. So I know we've moved past two weeks ago, a week earlier. Um, And like, I think you need 20 carries basically ish every week out of Damian Harris. Like that has to be like a start to, okay, we're going to have 60 snaps. 20 of them need to be Damian Harris runs that are productive. If we don't have those, now we're scrambling. Now we're behind the chains in terms of our offensive makeup. Um, not, And I'm not trying to say he's not going to play or whatever. Right. I think he'll be out there, but it just bears watching. Huh? Is he holding the ball? Can he hold, you know, hold on to the ball, whatever. Um, so to put it all together, I'm just going to give the Patriots the Belichickian home field quarterback, less likely to lose it. Mac Jones advantage. Yep. Um, and I'm going to say a little bit more points are going to be scored in this game. Um, I, I don't think you're going to sneak by just playing defense in this game. I believe just to put on that, the total opened at 48 and went down to 41. It went down to 41. Yeah. I believe that's the case. I'll, wow. I'll double, I'll double check that. But I thought I saw that when I did my game preview yesterday. Well, why did it go down? I don't know. 
maybe they they realize that these defenses are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, why can't I see it now? I mean, it is two tugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. O- opened at 47 and is now down to 42. See, I think 47 is closer to where my mind was. Like, in my mind, I was thinking 28, 20, somewhere in there, like right around that 47 number. Yep. Um, and that, that's actually what I'm going to pick. I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to pick Patriots 27, 20 for the Saints. 27-20 win. Um, I think they'll get into the end zone a little bit more. I think that's a real focus for them to get the ball in the end zone, um, a little bit more consistency consistently the red zone issues um but again i'm just i'm so Jameis winston he could throw the four picks like like zach wilson and you could cruise with more of a you might score less like oh i don't have to it's 21 7 or it's 21 6 21 3 but i think plays are going to be made by both teams i'm going 27 20 patriots going a close game but not as high scoring as you i i don't think Jameis is going to play overly well but I don't, I'm not there yet with the Patriots offense. I, I don't see them getting 28 points. They only got 20, whatever it was, five last week because of the four picks. They didn't, they never had a sustained drive. Mm-hmm. So I'm going 17 13 Patriots. I can see that. I mean, I think that's how they want to play. I, I think that's they're very paid into like they're okay with the long sustained drives, you know, keep, just don't turn the ball over basically. That's, that's their base of their model on offense. I know, uh, Mac Jones mentioned it every like what he's I don't forget the exact word but it's okay to punt basically every drive ends with a kick yeah he he lives by a theory he said it to the the MFers early yeah. in the week as long as every drive ends with a kick and that can be a PAT it can be a field goal but it can also be a punt as long as you end the drive with some sort of kick you're doing well you'll be okay and Charlie, I think, like I think Charlie White they, used to say that that's where they are in this offense like it's okay like as long as you don't turn the ball over it's okay and you're going to win games by your opposition making mistakes and Jameis Winston is one of those quarterbacks that is very prone to make those mistakes that won't work next week but you're not playing them next week right no and this is yeah this is the important week this is but and then the other thing with Jameis Winston it's almost like if you're looking at him from a defensive perspective it's a two-step process before he beats you. It's like, one, does he make mistakes? Okay, no, he didn't make a ton of mistakes. Yeah, but can he make plays? Because he hasn't thrown the ball a ton this year. And, and who's going to make plays in that offense besides Kamara? Sure. So, yes. I, are you going to yell at me after this game for talking you into uh, the no, Patriots no, Okay. No, no, no. All right, good. I, I, I just wouldn't feel very comfortable picking – Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston and the saints. Like if Michael Thomas is there, if they were a little bit more loaded, I might feel better about them. I just, I don't think they're a great football team right now. I think as much as Devin McCourt is like, we're going to get the the saints from week one that beat the Packers. I think the saints might be closer to week two than they are to week one. I would agree. Yeah. You're you're not, you're going to get the better, you're going to get a better version of them than they were in week two, but it's not to that level of week one. They're they're somewhere in the middle, but probably closer to the week two. Week two was a division opponent that knows you well. There's some familiarity there. You don't have that, but I just don't see. And I don't – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will be Max mistake week because, as I said, I do think it's coming. I think there's a better chance it comes against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But um, if his mistake week doesn't come, I feel good about just picking the Patriots. All right. Uh, I was thinking a few housekeeping items we haven't looked for in a while. Uh, maybe next week we can take some questions. Yeah, we should do that. We need to involve the listeners. 
Yeah. So next week we'll take some questions. And then also we haven't uh, asked for reviews and comments on the iTunes page. That's a good point. We have yep. not done that at all. No, we'd like to see that. So if you're listening to this podcast, go to iTunes, leave us a nice review, rate us five stars, and we'll send out uh, some qu- uh, tweet for questions. Oh, I, th- I thought you were saying we were sending out like gifts or prizes. Well, <laughs> actually, hold that thought. Maybe we'll save the questions for the week after. Because I think there's going to be plenty to talk about next week with Brady games. So. But what if people have Brady-related questions? All right. So, yeah, send us your Brady-related questions. We'll, answer, we'll try our best to answer them, too. So that, that's yeah. your home, that's your homework, listeners. Send the off-day pod on Twitter. Send us your Brady-related questions. It doesn't have to be now. It can be next week. We'll check the Twitter before the podcast and we'll answer. And, well, if we're going to just keep adding things, I think sure. we should also return with uh, – remember the random question of the week or whatever? Yeah. Just something I wasn't prepared for that you wanted to throw at me. You got anything for this week? No, because you just threw it at me. Jesus Christ. We'll do that next week. Okay. Let me just give you one. All right. It got a lot of talk. I don't know that we've talked about it. The taunting issue in the National Football League that has been polarizing. I think there were, whatever, five or six of them last weekend. Some of them hellacious. Basically, it looked like if you made a play and then looked at the opponent, they threw a flag at you. You shouldn't, like, avert your eyes. Um, and I know coaches have even Bill defended it. Uh, Mike Vrabel defended it. Um, there was one other coach. Cause I know some of the coaches Vrabel and others are on the competition committee that recommended it. So coaches are seemingly in support of it. I think it sucks. I think it's terrible. It's going down the road of like the delayed offside in hockey that you challenge or the, the, uh, targeting call in college football. Like it's, it sucks. That's, that's where it's going to the targeting call in college. Well, and, and it's a serious thing because it's one of your two towards a, uh, an ejection. Yes. So if you get one of these cheap taunting calls and I agree, like there's taunting, you know, taunting. No, I was going to say, there is something, I'm not saying everything should be allowed, but there are some things where you say that's taunting. But as some of these calls were, you're right. They make a play and they just look at the, the offensive player. It's like, like, shouldn't you have emotion in this game? Right. Like I'm thinking of highlights of great players, Hall of Fame type. First of all, Deion Sanders, when he start, would start high stepping at the yeah. 50 yard line. OK, so you're going to say you're going to take away that entertainment factor, that kind of an athlete and star. Or remember Rob Gronkowski when they played the Steelers a few years ago? He was one on one in the end zone. Oh, yeah. He looked at the guy, laughed at him and then spiked it in his like. Yep. And I would also argue I've heard the coaches or some of them say, um, Oh, you know, we're trying to avoid brawls. When was the last time there was a brawl? Uh, probably the Steelers and Browns. Yeah. Guess what? That division, you're going to have brawls no matter what, because that's just that, well, that division. division you all, in that game, you had a defensive player trying to hit the quarterback with his helmet. So Correct. Was that taunting or was that like assault. <laughs> unnecessary roughness, assault? Like there's other rules that falls under. I right. just... I don't really know where the need for this came from. I was talking about this with Mutt a little on Monday. In When they banned the touchdown celebrations, when they really cracked down on that, a lot of it stemmed from Terrell Owens, midfield, the whole Dallas retaliation. Yeah, the, the whole props and, yeah. yeah. Okay. What does this stem from? Like, wh- who was arguing, oh, my God, taunting's out of control in the National Football League. You better rein it in before somebody stabs somebody on the field. Like, no. Right. It's I haven't valid. really seen it. Yeah. In yeah. fact... I like these plays. Like, I'm sorry when your job is to physically defeat another man. 
the energy and the, 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 the chemicals pumping through your body. And I mean, real chemicals, like natural chemicals, not other chemicals, like there's, you're going to have some sort of a release afterwards. Right. Like you have to allow for that. This is not freaking baseball. Like, can you imagine if they called these taunting rules in basketball? Like they, they would be a technical. Every say, there'd be ejections in the first quarter of every game. Yeah. And, and, I just, I don't know. I'm sorry. When you're playing a physical and football is way more physical than basketball. There's way more actual contact. Every play there is. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I know it's the hot topic and I'm like ranting about, you know, joining the group think that it's it, but I do think they need to back off it a little. All right. I'd like to thank the guy that I gave directions to for joining the podcast. That was a nice guest. <laughs> Did he sign a waiver to allow his voice to be on our podcast? Yeah, well, he hasn't made it back to his car yet, so I guess he found his way. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. We'll be back after the game. So Monday morning, we'll, pro- we'll have a podcast out. Either Sunday night, Monday morning. We'll figure out when we're podcasting, but there'll be a podcast posted Monday morning. Jerk uh, reactions. Yes. Uh, enjoy the game. I think it should be a good one, an underrated good game, since everybody's looking ahead, but Focus on this game first. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. Peace out.